0: Let us open the precious Bibles that we have to the last chapter of the Bible. Revelation chapter 22. We just sang and prayed by song. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. Lord, hear us. Hear our prayer. And give us more grace to trust Him more, to love Him more, to speak of Him more, to obey Him more. Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. You don't need the red writing to help you understand who is speaking in this verse. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel... To testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. And the bright and morning star. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. And the bright and morning star. Amen and amen. Amen. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the fulfillment of all the prophecies about the lamp that God would preserve for David. I am the king that would come from David's loins that would rule the earth and the heavens. I am that king priest that would be clothed with salvation and would sit at God's right hand and deliver His people from all their enemies and work for them an everlasting salvation. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ this morning? I, Jesus, did not leave us alone in this world. In His body, He is limited to one place at one time. And He is in heaven on the throne of glory. By His Spirit... He's with us this day. Yes. Amen. He sent his angel to show unto his servant John things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel to John. And one of those things that he signified to us is that he is the root and the offspring of David. He has the keys of David. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And the root of David that took the book out of the hand of him that sat on the throne. He is our Savior in every way. I am the root and the offspring of David. We want to consider the Lord Jesus Christ in His humanity as the Son of David and delight in the Savior that God has raised up for us. If you had been Israel and had been defeated by the Philistines... So ignominiously that the Ark of the Covenant had been stolen. And your priest had died in one day. And the news came that in the priest's family, a child had been named Ichabod. Because the glory had departed from Israel. And that the Philistines were celebrating with the Ark of the Covenant before their god Dagon. Dagon. And you had a profane fool as your king, named Saul of Benjamin. You would be looking for a deliverer. And so the Lord raised up one. Amen. King Saul got the horrifying message. The Lord has taken the kingdom from you and given it to a neighbor of thine. And Judah was next door to Benjamin. And given it to a... David lived close to Saul. He served him. And given it to a man after his own heart. And when the armies of the Philistines came again, against Israel, neither Saul nor any in his family would take up arms against the giant champion of the Philistines, Goliath. So David did. And he ran to meet him. And he said, in the name of the Lord God of Israel, I fight you this day. You uncircumcised dog, I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air. And then he killed that giant and chopped his ugly head off, took his sword and came back into Jerusalem and the whole nation loved David. And they sang songs about David. Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his ten thousands. David was the delight of the land. They loved him. 1 Samuel 18 tells us about their love for him. His name was much set by in Israel. Because he went out and came in before them, he was of great humility. He did not consider himself any different than the rest of them. He remembered his origins as a forgotten shepherd boy keeping the sheep. right? But he behaved himself wisely in all his ways because the Lord was with him. Amen. And Saul envied him because of that. Saul knew who he was. He was the one to replace him. Jonathan, with more sense, made a covenant with David that they would look out for each other and that they would take care of each other's families because he loved him as his own soul. And so we have a character given to us in the Word of God, not by chance, but by God's ordaining grace, that we are told more about than, I believe, all other characters in the Bible combined. You know more details about David's life from the beginning to the end, and you know more about the thoughts of David's heart and soul than you know about any other Bible character by far. Right. Because God raised up this David to be a great king. And when David became king, as you read in Second Samuel chapter 5 last night, he immediately went and took a city in the tribe of Benjamin that Saul had let sit for 40 years under the reign of the Jebusites. David went and took the stronghold of Zion. He knew that God wanted that city. Did you, did you enjoy Psalm 132 with me today? He knew God wanted that city, and so he went and took it. And he put a tent there, and he put the Ark of the Covenant in that tent that King Saul had not moved. David had themselves a king. And then they had a celebration at the moving of that ark, and David took the whole nation to supper. He was a great king. He then went to battle against the Philistines and chased them all the way to the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. He expanded the the boundaries of the empire of Israel all the way to the Euphrates River. Go check it out on a globe when you go home. Go check out the tiny little nation of Israel today and the tiny little nation, nation of Israel that there was under Saul and compare it to David expanding the borders all the way to the Euphrates which runs through the middle of Iraq. Between Iraq and Israel is the whole nation of Syria. David took it all. David took it from the Arabian desert to the Mediterranean Sea and all the way to the river of Egypt, the Nile, the Sinai Peninsula. David expanded the boundaries until everything God had promised Abraham had been fulfilled. Remember, God had given the specific dimensions to Abraham and David took the land. And he defeated all his enemies and put them under tribute. And so David waxed greater and greater and richer and richer. If you read about his tenderness in the laws that he established for the two hundred that were too faint to go on in battle. If you read about him feeding the whole nation. If you read about him being a shepherd. If you read about the woman of Tekoa coming to him and admitting that he had the wisdom of an angel of God. You read about David. He takes up the harp when he lays down his bloody sword and he did have one decent sword. He stole it from Goliath. When he would lay down his bloody sword, he could pick up a harp. And if he didn't like the harp that day, he would invent a new instrument of music to sing a new song unto the Lord his God. Let me cheat just a little bit. There's so many similarities between David and the Lord Jesus Christ. They were both lovers of music. Can I prove it? You shouldn't need any help with David. He wrote the lyrics, the music, and he made the instruments. That's liking music quite a bit. Do you know what the Bible says about the Lord Jesus Christ in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 12? It is the fulfillment of a prophecy from Psalm 22. I will sing praise to thy name in the church. When did he do that? Matthew chapter 26 says at the end of the Last Supper, they sang a hymn and went out. The son of David love to sing praise to the God of heaven. I am the root and the offspring of David. The Lord Jesus Christ said that in his final words of this glorious book that we call the Bible. This library of 66 books that tells us things the world does not know. It tells us there is a king and God has set him on his holy hill of Zion and he shall reign over all his enemies forever. And the Lord shall have all His enemies and our enemies in derision. He shall laugh at them. And they had better kiss the Son, the Son of David, the Son of God, lest He be angry and they perish from the way when His wrath is kindled but a little. But thanks be to God, we are part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the congregation of the Lord, the kingdom of the Lord, and we see His milder face. Because He's our brother and our friend and our Savior, as we sang. I hope in the few occasions that we had in those songs you saw the word David, and that we were singing about the Son of David, we were singing about the city of Zion, and that you understand that it is no longer a fortress on Mount Zion in Jerusalem, Israel, on this earth but it is Mount Zion, the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem that is above, that is the mother of us all, and we are citizens of that holy city, and we are going home to that city. Amen. And we have a king in that city, and his reign extends in that city, and all of heaven, all of the earth, and everything under the earth. Right. The Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Savior. Yeah. He is a man. He is about six feet tall. He is in a glorified body. He is the firstborn from the dead. He laid His life down for you and me to conquer that enemy, death. He died on the cross to conquer another enemy, your sins. On the cross, He destroyed the works of the devil, another enemy of yours. He has destroyed all your enemies, and the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, when He raises your body from the grave and changes it to look like His glorious body, Philippians 3.21. This is my Savior and my Lord. This is your Savior and your Lord. Do you love Him this morning? Do not get all distracted with the things of this life because you can see and touch them. Can you see and touch the Lord Jesus Christ by faith? All for grace to trust Him more. He will take you through that curtain of death. My wife and I got news yesterday about someone that we know and have known all our lives dying, will die this week. We looked at each other and we said, we shall die soon ourselves. But we have a Savior. Yeah. Amen. And He laid down His life for us. And He rose victoriously. And He's better than David. Do you know where David's body still is to this day? His body is still in the ground. His bones are in under the city of Jerusalem. Part of the dust of that place. But the Lord Jesus Christ has a glorious body in heaven. And I know one thing about the bones of David. They're coming out. They're coming out and they're going to be glorified in heaven. And you know what? David's not going to want a higher place than you. We're going to be right there beside him, worshiping the son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you love him this morning? Is he the love of your soul? How do you measure your love of him? Do you sing about him? Do you sing to him? Did you see how Psalm 132 would change in it? Do you know all the most of the psalms change in their verb tenses and in the person that is speaking? As as David delighted to sing directly to the Lord and to praise Him. Do you keep His commandments? He said, "If you love Me, keep My commandments." Do you love to speak of Him to others? Do you love His house? Do you love His Word? Do you love His Spirit? Do you pray for it? Do you want an increase in faith? I am the root and the offspring of David. I, Jesus. What does Jesus mean when he says I am the root of David? I could teach you a theological point that as the root of David, David grew from him because in his divine nature, he was the originator and father of David. I could do that, but I won't do that. Because by comparing Scripture with Scripture, the root of David is what grew out of the remains of David and flourished into a branch. And there are verses that teach us that, and that's why I had you read Isaiah 11 last night, that tells you that out of the remains of Jesse and David, though their bodies are in the ground, and though they have but left the stump of a tree, out of that tree came roots and a branch and a rod that grew out of that stem called the Lord Jesus Christ. In that sense, He is the root of David. He grew up out of their remains. He is a descendant of theirs. This expression is used also in chapter 5 of this book. Revelation chapter 5, when John is beholding God upon His throne with the book of the everlasting covenant, and he's weeping, because there's no one found in heaven or on earth that can open that book of the everlasting covenant. In which are listed all the benefits, the blessings, and the beneficiaries that God is going to give eternal life to and all that goes with that. And one of the elders comes and says to him, weep not, verse 5, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David hath prevailed to open the book. That is the son of David, the descendant of David, the root that grew up out of the remains of Jesse and David. He's also called the root of Jesse because he came up out of Jesse as well. That is what it means. Look at Romans chapter 15 and you better get excited. And I wish that you weren't so dull. I wish that your tongue wasn't tied. I can't wait to get to heaven when the Lord's going to loosen your tongues that you might be able to squeak out an amen. Amen. I don't need amens. I've never needed them. I've never asked for them. But the Lord Jesus Christ deserves them. He deserves shouts of praise. I read in Revelation chapter 15 and verse 12, quoting from the Old Testament, like we had read to us from Jeremiah and Ezekiel. This comes from Isaiah. Romans 15, 12. And again, Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Amen. Brethren, Amen. the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of David, is our King. Amen. We do not believe in any division or separation of Israel and the Gentiles any longer. That division was put down by the Lord Jesus Christ in the blood of His cross, according to Ephesians chapter 2 and numerous other places. We are the Israel of God, and the Son of David is our King. And He shall rise to reign over the the Gentiles, because He'll rise out of the root of Jesse. He's Jesse's root. He comes out of what was left of Jesse and David, and He rose up out of that to be a tree, a plant of renown, a branch, the branch of righteousness. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of David, our Savior. And in Him shall the Gentiles trust. Do you trust in Him, O Gentile, this day? He is our King. We have a great King, and He's greater than David. And David was a great King. David was one of the great men of this earth. One of the very greatest of all time, of all men. David was great. And the Son of David is His Lord. Isn't that precious? Amen. That's why David would write a psalm like Psalm 110. The Lord, capitals L-O-R-D, said unto my Lord, smaller case, O-R-D. The Lord said unto my Lord. God, Jehovah, spoke to the Lord Jesus Christ, whom David admitted in that text was his son, but was also his Lord. Amen. The Pharisees couldn't figure it out. But we know it and we understand it in his divine nature and is the appointed prince of the kings of the earth by God. David, Jesus is David's Lord. But biologically, prophetically, Jesus is David's son. And he's our savior. We inaugurated, we elected a man. We inaugurated a man. The nations of the earth, they elect a man or a woman, and they put those men or women in office. They put their trust in them. They always disappoint. But we have a man. He's called the man Christ Jesus, because there's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Amen. And you should love him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. These are things we ought to remember. Remember my gospel, that Jesus, of the seed of David, rose from the dead. Right. And because I preach that message, Paul said in our opening text from 2 Timothy chapter 4, I am treated like an evildoer, even under bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Amen. Everything we read here about the Lord Jesus Christ is absolutely true. Right. The present president of the United States of America ought to be on his knees right now, kissing right. The, the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and begging for mercy. But so should we. That's right. Amen. So should we. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, Amen. just to take him at his word. Right. They open their mouths. And words come out that they cannot perform, nor do they understand, nor they intend to keep, nor would they work if they did keep them. The Lord Jesus Christ speaks, and it is truth, and it is done, and we can trust every syllable of his voice. If he says peace, there is peace. If he says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. If He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I go to prepare a place for you, do you know you, should, you can count on that? Yes. That He's preparing a place for you. He's the root of David and the root of Jesse, and in Him do the Gentiles trust, and I'm thankful to trust in Him today. Amen. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. Right. He also says to be the offspring of David. A similar statement, an offspring is a child, it's progeny, it's a descendant. I am the descendant of David. I'm the prophesied one that was to come from David. I am he, I am that king, that Messiah, the Christ of God, that was to come from the loins of David. And from the city of David, I am he, Jesus tells us at the end of the Bible. My brethren, I want you to remember the humanity of Jesus Christ. We have a man on the throne of heaven, and he rules heaven and earth. There is nothing accepted from his power except God himself. Right. Nothing. Throughout the Bible, it wants us to know that. That every name that is named in this world and the next, anything that you can imagine is under his feet. That's right. He is Lord of all. Sometimes it just says that in parentheses. He is Lord of all. I love those little statements that the Holy Spirit sticks in. Because He wants us to know He is Lord of all and the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. The Lord reigneth. Let the earth tremble. Let all the people be in awe of Him. But He is our brother. He is our brother and you can run to Him for help. He was tempted in all points like as you are. But unlike David, He never sinned. But He is able to succor you because He was tempted just like you are tempted. He is able to help you is what that word means. So in your time of trouble, you can run to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. He can hear your cry from earth. It is no trouble to His ear to hear your cry because by the Spirit of the living God, He is dwelling with you. He said He would take up His abode and dwell with you forever. He hears your cry. If you cannot utter your cry from your lips... Because your heart is overwhelmed within you. He knows the facts. He hears the overwhelming need. And He will deliver you. Put your trust in Him, Gentiles, and delight in Him this day. I want you to be established in the sonship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Son of David. And Jesus is the Son of God. Don't let anyone tell you anything differently. Jesus is the Son of God. Do you want to know about the doctrine of the sonship of God and being the Son of God? The Bible identifies that being as Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Son of God overcometh the world. 1 John 5, 4 and 5. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. When Philip answered the eunuch's question about being baptized, Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. The eunuch said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That is the truth we believe. Jesus had a beginning as the God-man when he was born of his mother Mary. At that point, he became the son of David and the son of God. The angel told Mary, both counts. You are going to have a child without a man. And he shall take the throne of the kingdom of his father, David. He was the son of David. And because the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you, therefore... That holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. That holy thing is the Son of God. It is that simple. We have a simplistic approach to the Bible. But it is not simple in a condemning sense. It is simple in what is called the simplicity of the gospel. We believe the King James Bible. Right is the Word of God in English yes. by fruit and faith. Amen. Right. We do not care about manuscript evidence, nor do we care about the opinions of textual critics, right. because the Bible has never told us to care about those things. That's right. We believe it by faith in God's promises to preserve His words, and we believe it by the fruit that has followed the King James Bible for 400 years All other versions in English cannot accumulate the amount of spiritual fruit that this version has carried with it when it was the delight of the Lord's people. We believe that the Sonship of Jesus Christ can be summarized this easily. Jesus is the Son of God. And until Mary had a holy thing, God did not have a son in the respect of Luke 1.35. In the fullness of time, God made His Son of a woman. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. That is what we believe, and I want you established in it. One way you get established in it is to think of Jesus as the Son of David. This past Wednesday evening, we considered generational Christians. Boaz and Ruth were generational Christians, weren't they? Because their great-grandson was David. And their greater-grandson was Jesus, the son of David. David. I recently preached a sermon to you entitled, Lovest Thou Me? Do you see the Lord Jesus Christ as He is? Do you love the right object? It is not mystical. It's only mystical to those who don't understand. It's clear and plain to us. Jesus, the son of David, is our Savior. And while the earth trembles because its rulers do not know how to fix its economic problems that were caused by their own extravagant excess, we have a Savior that is never confused. We have a Lord that is never at wit's end, in whom dwelleth all the fullness of wisdom and knowledge. And He's our Lord and our Savior. He's our brother and our friend. And He meets with us in a place like this, and He delights in Zion. And this is as close as you can get to Zion until He takes you out of this world. Right in here. In the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. I, Jesus, was not ashamed. He spoke those words in Revelation twenty two sixteen. He was not ashamed of the title, Son of David. It's a title given to Him throughout. And if you knew about, if you read the whole Bible, you would say, why is there so much about David? Why do I read 1 Samuel about David, then 2 Samuel about David? And then I read 1 Chronicles about David. There's so much about David. Why do I read 1 Kings about Solomon the son of David, and then Rehoboam? Why is there so much about David? Why do I read the Psalms that are written by David? Why do I see his name so many times? Because God raised up David to be a great man in the earth who would be a forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus would be the son of David. And he wants you to see similarities and dissimilarities. And he wants you to to delight in a king that would save his people Israel in a greater way than David saved fleshly Israel from their enemies. But the title, if you read Matthew chapter 1 last night, look at how the New Testament opens. No wonder Paul said, remember, my gospel that I preach includes Jesus of the flesh of David. The first verse, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Many promises were given to Abraham in the book of Genesis about his seed being a source of blessing to all nations of the earth. But there were so many promises made about the son of David coming. And so we have it right here as we open up the New Testament, the New Covenant, the 27 books out of the library that are about the better things. It starts right out with Jesus as the son of David. Because that was an important point. Because the Christ, the Messiah of God, was the son of David. The book of the generation. Here is the genealogy or the generation of Jesus from Abraham and from David. And so it starts out with verse 2. Abraham begat. And we come down to verse 5. And Salmon begat Boaz... Of I hope you like that one. Did you know that Boaz's mother was Rahab? Do you think that that might have helped Boaz marry a foreigner like Ruth? Because his own mother was a foreigner named Rahab. Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king. And Jesus is the son of David the king, therefore, being the firstborn son, in many respects, he is the king of Israel. We come further. In verse 17, it tells us that David was an important dividing line in the history of the people of God. That there were 14 generations from Abraham to David and so forth. We come further. And an angel appeared to Joseph in verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Joseph, thou son of David. Because we had Joseph in this passage, back this this genealogy comes all the way forward to verse 16 where it says, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So from a Jewish lineage standpoint, Jesus was the son of Abraham and the son of David by the legal father he had in Joseph, who was born to Jacob, who could be traced all the way back to being a son of David himself, through Solomon. Notice in verse 6, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. So Solomon is the son of David that gave us Joseph, that was the legal father of Jesus. If you go to Luke chapter 3, there is another genealogy given. The genealogy there traces it through Nathan, a different son of Solomon, of a different son of David. Because it's the biological genealogy of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who made him a biological son of David. Where do we begin when we look at all this? Look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Let's go over there and see what the angel said to Mary. We have a king. We have a brother. We have a priest. We have a shepherd. We have a friend. We have a Lord, we have a helper, we have a bishop, we have a cornerstone. Anything you want to call Him, we have Him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is a man. He is our mediator. He is our pleader. He is our intercessor. And He ever lives to make intercession for you. If you offer up any prayer in the name of Jesus, God will hear and God will answer it. If it be according to His will. Because He wants to glorify His Son, Jesus And glorify Himself through Jesus. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26 tells us that in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy with John, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. If you don't like reading about the house of David, then you don't like the Bible. Because you're just going to have to read about it everywhere you turn. Because God chose that man, David, to be a progenitor of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. Just as the angel told Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. Now notice, he shall be great. Oh, is he great? Yes. Is he great? That's kind of an understatement, isn't it? He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. His father, David. Being born to you, Mary, because you know that you are a daughter of David. He'll be a son of David. And he's going to get that throne. You're going to give birth to the king. That's been prophesied to come from David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. He's reigning over the house of Jacob. Are you part of that house of Jacob? Absolutely. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly. You are part of that house of Jacob because you come. You are part of the seed of Isaac. The seed of promise that came through Sarah, the wife of promise. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? How in the world can I give birth to a son, seeing that I'm a virgin? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Watch this language, please. Therefore also, Therefore also, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Also is in there because the angel is answering two problems. Number one, How can I have a child when I don't have a man involved? It's going to happen by the power of the highest and by the Holy Spirit overshadowing you. But there's another thing as well that's going to happen because it's God that is going to cause this conception to take place. There's a second thing. This child shall be called the Son of God because God is its Father by this biological conception, by a miracle of the power of God rather than the use of a man. Are you all with me? The two most important words in Luke 1.35 are therefore also. Amen. So I want to remind you of this. Look at chapter th- 3 and verse 31 where we get Mary's genealogy. This one goes all the way back to Adam being Luke, writing to Theophilus, why would he stop anything at Abraham? Gentiles didn't consider Abraham all that special. He's going to trace him all the way back to Adam, which a Gentile would want to see, the whole genealogy from Adam all the way down to Jesus. Biologically considered by Luke, the beloved physician. Beloved physicians tend to think in physical and biological terms rather than spiritual and metaphorical terms or Jewish legal terms. Theophilus is not the name of a Jew. Theophilus is the name of a Gentile. The name of a Greek. But in Luke 3, in verse 31, which was the son of Malaya, which was the son of Menon, which was the son of Matatha, which was the son of Nathan, which was the son of David, which was the son of Jesse, which was the son of Obed, which was the son of Boaz, which was the son of Salmon. There you have Mary's genealogy through Nathan, the son of David. Mary was a daughter of David. Joseph was a son of David. One biological, one legal, one doesn't matter. He's the son of David by both counts. And so he is called the son of David. And Jesus is not ashamed to say, I, Jesus, I am the root and offspring of David. Look at Matthew chapter 9. Was this title popular for the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, it was. Israel loved David. And they were going to love the son of David more because the son of David was even going to be greater than David had been to them. They couldn't wait till the next David arrived. Sometimes he's even called David in the Bible. Didn't you see that in some of those prophecies that were read to us? It didn't say the son of David in certain places. It said David. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Amen. Oh, what could David do for blind men? The first David. David couldn't do anything for blind men. If he could do anything for blind men, he would have healed the lame legs of Mephibosheth. But David couldn't heal, but the son of David could. Thou son of David. You're familiar with blind Bartimaeus. He could have been one of these two, or two that are told about later in the Gospel of Matthew. Thou son of David. They told him to shut up, that he was irritating the crowd. So he cried out, a little softer? Louder. He cried out a little louder. Amen. Jesus, thou son of David. Because that's the title of respect is the king of Israel. The king of the kingdom of the Lord forever. The son of David by prophecy. So many times this expression is used in the Bible. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 22. Look at how evil men can be. But the Word of God is not bound. 12.22 Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the Son of David? They saw that miracle power. This has to be the Son of David. This has to be the Christ. This has to be that descendant of David, the lamp that would not be put out. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. Can you believe that blasphemy? But the word of God is not bound. And though believers in Jesus of Nazareth were considered to be evildoers, even unto bonds and even unto death, the word of God is not bound. What the Bible tells us is absolutely true. Jesus was the son of David. Do you remember the woman of Canaan? How did she get the Lord's attention for her daughter that was grievously vexed with devils? She said, "Oh, thou son of David, have mercy on me." Right. The first David would have had mercy, but the second David has a whole lot more mercy. Amen. When Jesus entered Jerusalem near the last time, Matthew chapter 21, all the common people took their coats off. They spread them in the street. They ripped off branches and spread them in the street as he came on the foal of an ass. And they cried out, Hosanna to the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the son of David. And the Pharisees said, tell this crowd to be quiet. Do you hear what blasphemous things they're saying? He said two things. You've got to read all the Gospels to get them both. First one. Yay. Haven't you read? that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. Those words sound to me like perfect praise. Don't you know your scriptures? That's what he said in Matthew. Over in Luke, he said, If these were to stop, the stones would cry out. Now that's the son of David. That is a king coming to take his throne. But brethren, he's not riding the colt of an ass anymore. You didn't, you didn't ride the colt of an ass into battle. The colt of an ass was for a parade at home. He's on a white horse now, and it's not a gelding. Right. He's on a white stallion, and the armies of heaven follow him, yeah. according to Revelation 19. Amen. He is the son of David, and David just happens to be a common soldier In the army that follows him, right beside you and me. Common soldiers on our own white horses, according to Revelation 19. What does it mean? What, What does the Son of David mean? It means that Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophesied descendant of David that would sit on David's throne, rule forever, deliver Israel from all their enemies, favor them with provision, like we read in Psalm 132, and keep them in every way. All of that is included in a whole lot more. The prophecies are many. In Second Samuel 7, the Lord told David, I will build you a house. Your son that shall come out of your loins, he will be my son and I will be his God. And he shall build the house of the Lord. And I will be with him. That was true of Solomon in a very limited way. It was wonderfully true of Jesus in the perfect way. There's so many promises that we could look at. Look at Isaiah 55. Just very quickly, you had two wonderful ones read read to you. Did you hear those words of Jeremiah and Ezekiel? Coming hundreds of years after David, they were still looking forward to this wonderful thing that was going to come to pass in the latter days, that the son of David would come. And he would be their king. And he would be called the king of righteousness. And he would be a branch with a capital B-R-A-N-C-H. And the city of Jerusalem would be the city of righteousness. Because it's the new Jerusalem where Jesus reigns in righteousness. And with judgment and justice, would he execute judgment in the earth. And he would declare peace to his people. What a king. And they would no longer be afraid of any wild beasts. They could go into the woods. They could go into the wilderness. And they could dwell safely there. Because there is nothing that can harm the people of God. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6 tells us, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. What shall I fear that man can do unto me? Because Jesus is our King. Do you think of Him as your King every day? Do you serve Him as your King? Are you a citizen of His kingdom? Do you care about the other citizens? Do you want to make His house as beautiful as possible and His praise as glorious as possible, worthy of His great name? Isaiah 55, verse 3, Incline your ear and come unto Me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee, because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. The Gentiles have run to the Jews and joined together in worship with them, joined together with them in the same kingdom of God. That is why when the Apostle Paul would write churches, he would be writing both Jews and Gentiles in one body. Because those nations had come running together to be with Jews to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And on and on we could go with the prophecies made about this king that was coming who would be the son of David. And sometimes he's just called David. Look at Hosea chapter 3. Hosea chapter 3. Daniel. Hosea. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. Hosea chapter 3 verse 4. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, and without a prince, and without a sacrifice, and without an image, and without an ephod, and without teraphim. Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. And shall fear the Lord and His goodness in the latter days. And we live in the last times. We live in the last days. We live under this King David, the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise His glorious name. So many prophecies made about the Lord Jesus. What town would He be born in? Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. Out of all the little towns of Judah, He would come out of Bethlehem Ephratah. Him that was to rule would come, whose goings have been of old. In his divine nature, he's been the Word of God. In his combined nature as the God-man, he would rule all nations. The Jews knew full well his origin was in the city of David called Bethlehem. The city of David is used in the Bible for two cities. Bethlehem, the birthplace of David. Jerusalem, the capital of David. And the place where he reigned. When Herod asked the Jews... Where is this king of the Jews to be born? They immediately knew. Bethlehem. Turn your Bibles to First Chronicles 28, and with this text we'll close and we'll take up the kingdom of David and the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ when we come back. After our break, First Chronicles chapter 28. The expression kingdom of heaven, the expression kingdom of God, neither are used in the Old Testament. Not once. Was there a kingdom in the Old Testament? Yes. Was it the kingdom of God? Was it the kingdom of the God of heaven? Right. It was, but it wasn't as fully developed. And it wasn't as plain and clear. And it wasn't as spiritual and fulfilling until we get to the New Testament, where the message is very plainly, Repent, for the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is at hand. Right. Here's what it's called in the Old Testament. First Chronicles chapter 28 And verse three, let me read three verses or four. I love this chapter. You should love it. You should love all the chapters. We need to find the truth of Jesus Christ in all of them. First Chronicles twenty eight three But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build a house for my name, because thou hast been a man of war and hast shed blood. Howbeit the Lord God of Israel chose me before all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever. For he hath chosen Judah to be the ruler, and of the house of Judah the house of my father. And among the sons of my father he liked me to make me king over all Israel. And of all my sons, for the Lord hath given me many sons, he hath chosen Solomon my son, to sit upon the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. And he said unto me, Solomon thy son, he shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. Imperfectly fulfilled, but perfectly fulfilled in Jesus Christ. There was a kingdom. And the throne of the kingdom was in Zion, the stronghold of Zion in the fort that David took and made his capital residence, where he sat on the throne ruling the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Now, when that kingdom was opened up to Gentiles, and when that kingdom was opened up into its spiritual fulfillment in the New Testament, the message came, the kingdom of heaven is at hand because the God of heaven was going to set up a fuller kingdom with the Son of David on its throne rather than David just sitting on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord of Israel. It would include Jews and Gentiles, and it would include the final king that would ever reign, right. and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word, and may he bless it by his spirit for you to love Jesus of Nazareth, who said, I am the root and the offspring. Of David in your red hymnals let's sing number 154 about our Savior Jesus Christ